Hey guys, welcome back to Kuza's Corner. I'm your host, Dominic Kuza, and thank you guys for tuning in today. I hope you guys are enjoying all the episodes lately, and I'm really having fun doing this with you guys. So if you could please like, subscribe, share, leave a comment, a rating, I would really appreciate it. Thanks. Hey everybody, apologies for not getting this out on time. Uh, I had a pretty busy week last week and a pretty swamped weekend. Uh, we had a very successful um, first educational seminar. It was done on performance enhancing drugs at Powerhouse in Milford. And thank you, Jeff Robinson, for letting me do that there. We are currently planning an advanced nutrition uh, seminar, which will be about the same kind of runtime, about three hours. Uh, the plan for that is to kind of target an audience that's coaching or um, you know, doing a lot of diet planning, diet writing, and things like that. Uh, just to give you guys a little brief overview, I'm going to be covering some anatomy, physiology of the digestive system, uh, a small review of protein, carbs, and fats, uh, because I'm trying to keep this more advanced and not basic, uh, the different energy systems of our body that we use, uh, then your total daily energy expenditure, and we'll take a break. Uh, then where to start a diet? How do you set up a diet a more advanced way in a more basic, simple way? What manipulations need to be made to you know assess what goal the person wants? Uh, different training, uh, different diet uh, tactics or mechanisms: carb cycling, calorie cycling, refeeds, diet breaks, um, those kind of things. Then we'll take another break, and then I wanted to cover a good amount of troubleshooting. So issues that arise during dieting what are they you know so i wanted to go over allostatic load thyroid physiology adrenals um, gi issues and then finally how to troubleshoot yourself or a client um, and then that will go into more detail of little snippets there um, i'm hoping to get this done um, and have a date set by the end of this week so that I can start selling seats because it is a purchase only seminar. There are no walk-ins allowed. Um, and we had a really good turnout last time. Uh, we sold out uh, the seats pretty quickly. And I think with this topic, it'll sell out even faster. Uh, so once I post it, try to get on that and try to make sure you're on the list to attend. Um, so with that being said, it's a nice little segue into uh, what I want to talk about today was like building a successful brand, right? And one of the things that I've said so many different times was uh, with me and my brand, me as a person, uh, one of the most important things to me was education. I wanted people to work with me and leave learning things. Um, and the seminars are a great way to do that. Uh, that's a big thing that I want the purpose of my brand to bring to the table uh, is just straight education, just teaching people. Um, you know, I had a lot of people in that seminar that came up to me after and were like, you know, you opened my eyes to things I didn't even know. Um, and you gave me the opportunity to learn these things and and be able to, you know, approach what I'm doing differently, more safely or just, you know, more, uh, I guess, more smart in a way, I don't even know if that's a word um, or a phrase, not a word. Uh, so with that, I wanted to start that with when you're trying to build a brand, you're trying to start, right? Maybe you're a trainer, maybe you're a coach. I don't know what you're doing. 
even if it has nothing to do with fitness, if you're trying to build a brand, the first and most important thing, you have to have a very powerful purpose behind your brand and you. So you as a person should have a big, driving, powerful purpose. Um, if we kind of segue back into the podcast I did on uh, Memento Mori, right? We're trying to live our life with a lot of purpose. So number one thing, discover that purpose behind your brand and you. Four questions that you should probably ask yourself, in my opinion. Why do you exist? So why are you, what, why are you existing to um, help people in that certain industry? So why do you exist? How, how can you help people different than others? So that gets us into point number two. What differentiates you from the other people doing the same thing? What problems do you fix? And then why should people care? So all these things are very important. So why do I exist in the uh, industry right now? In my opinion, it's to provide education, proper diet planning and uh, cycle control, um, also health monitoring, blood work analysis. So what differentiates me? I would say being able to supply all of these things, while some people can only provide two or three of these things. And then also holding a master's degree. And then what problems do I solve? I solve the problems of people who come to me with bad blood work from past coaches, and I can fix that because that first coach was ill-equipped to. Uh, then why should people care? Because essentially, I have your health in first priority. There's a lot of people I'm coaching right now that are on standby because I told them they cannot compete until their blood work gets better. And I'm sure a lot, I'm sure a few of them are frustrated about it, but you know, they see the bigger picture on why that's important. So a lot of these things help build the foundation of your brand, our taglines, our slogans, our value propositions, our voice, our messaging, our stories, all of that. Um, it's very important because uh, statistics show that up to 50% of consumers will buy just based on a brand's values and the impact the brand has. So that's a very interesting thing. Very interesting thing. One of the things that I like to also focus on is what are you providing? So the products or services you offer to customers, how the things that differentiate you from the competition. So a good example, I don't write things on Word documents. I do very elaborate, detailed spreadsheets. Uh, that's one way I differentiate myself from others. Why? The reason you are passionate and why you exist. So why am I so passionate about this? You know, and why do I exist? So with all of that, we can probably go into the second part. Now we have competition, right? You're in an industry, if you are trying to get into the fitness industry, it's probably one of the hardest industries to get into right now because of so much saturation in it. So we have to make sure you differentiate yourself. Um, you need to research your competitors, right? You need to figure out what they're doing and how they are doing it so well or where they fail. In my opinion, what I did was my biggest competitors, I looked at where they failed. And that was what I focused on. Because, you know, if we look at the grand scheme of things, 
every uh, most people can get away with writing a pretty crappy diet and getting a person ready for the stage just by starving them or something like that but where they failed were blood markers and health and cycle design and drug choices and things like that and that's where i wanted to focus the most on my stuff so that i was truly different than everybody else so it's very important to research your competitors and see where they failed and see where they do well and then that's where you can try to focus on you know the different things of how you can market yourself to uh, try to win over customers like that and now the most one one very another very a lot of these are very important another very important part is your brand's target audience so who do you want to work with do you want to work with soccer moms trying to lose weight? Do you want to work with only functional health medicine clients? Do you want to work with just CrossFit athletes? Do you want to work with just bodybuilding prep athletes? Uh, so what is your target audience? Because it is very difficult to encompass a lot of things. My target audience is two things, competition prep and lifestyle clientele. I do not coach CrossFit. I do not coach powerlifters. I do not coach, um, you know, other athletes. These are the things that I am good at, and these are the things that I'm going to stay and focus on, and that's what my target audience is. But then, once you get that, you know, you have to make sure that you're looking at things. So, instead of saying I want to work with all moms, you need to work that down to a niche. I want to work with single moms who work full time from home. Now you have a really good target audience to focus on. I want to work with college kids. No, you need to be more specific. I want to work with college kids who live in the dorms and study for, I don't know, something. Uh, anyone who needs help, that is a horrible target audience, right? Hey, anybody that needs help with their diet, well, are you kidding? Come on, uh, look at something. Anyone who needs help with their diet, who has tried multiple times or tried different exclusion diets, I'm here to help. That's a good way to kind of target a niche a bit better. So narrowing your target audience is extremely important because that's how you build your social media platform. If you take a look at my social media platform, right? I post a good amount of lifestyle weight loss, um, I post a good amount of training. I post a good amount of motivational speaking. And then I post a good amount of, you know, working hard and work ethic, not being lazy, things like that. So what I'm trying to do is by by posting specific things all the time is create this, this target audience that I want to work with. I want to work with hardworking individuals who might need a little bit of motivation but are coming into it knowing I expect a lot of hard work out of them because that's specifically what I'm trying to target with my posts and how I talk and everything like that. So again, very important to narrow your target audience um, so that you get a very good uh, recept like reception of your brand's message because you want to make sure that's intended for a certain person and a certain audience. So 
With that, we'll move on to establishing your brand's mission and vision statements. So the why, why do you get up every day? Uh, that's kind of what this is. So your brand's vision is a future someday. It's an aspirational statement that brand that your brand drives towards achieving. Right. I have a few. I say things like uh, nutrition with a smarter approach or uh, checking your boxes. Um, these are kind of the little slogan statements that kind of represent me. Uh, every day you're presented with a checklist of boxes that you have to complete. It's very simple. You need to complete them every day. So uh, checking your boxes is something that I really enjoy to say because it keeps me focused on just making sure that I'm getting all my work done every single day. And then everything I do when it comes to work as far as nutrition or training, I try to do with a smarter approach. So how can we work less hard and work smarter and get more results out of it? That's kind of what I am working to do every day. So when you're you know thinking about your brand's mission statement it's got to be something about um you know something that you're committing uh to be able to accomplish your total vision right my total vision at the end of all of this i'm looking to coach a small group of people educate a lot of people and have uh, a really nice um, life in the meantime with it so that is kind of where i like to focus things when i'm doing um, all of my visions and aspirational goals. Uh, next will be the outline of key qualities and benefits your brand offers. So let's outline all these key things that you offer and your brand offers. And then why would this be a benefit for somebody? So your products, services, and benefits belong solely to you. Um, but we have to figure out what you offer that no one else is offering or just a very small percentage of your industry is offering um, because that's where you need to focus on your qualities and make those your your brand's uniqueness. Uh, so I see a lot of people try to get into different uh, focuses that I know they don't understand fully or they are trying too hard to understand and a lot of people do this whole fake it till you make it kind of thing and that's why a lot of them don't last longer than a year because they're focusing on qualities they want to have but they don't have them so they spend too much time in a state where there's going to be no advancement so it's very important to be honest with yourself when you are looking at your qualities and what you're able to offer people. Because if you try to offer people things you do not fully understand, you're going to do a very poor job at it. And then eventually people catch on. And with that, they realize that you don't know fully what you're talking about or what you're doing for them. Or even, you know, just being honest about things and presenting a true representation of yourself and your brand on social media not something that's you know built off of just you know a fake facade of who you are as a person um, because that's another way to really have bad branding um, so a few examples you need to post and be more authentic and transparent with your customers and you have to have really good customer service with that it's got to be authentic customer service not just this like, you know, timeshare customer service. And then 
Find better ways to support your productivity. Make sure you're timing everything well. Uh, reduce costs if you have a lot of costs with a more affordable option. And then you say, uh, try to save time on daily tasks. Next, we want to talk about forming your unique brand voice. So a brand voice uh, is something that is how you're going to communicate with your customers and then how they should respond to you. Everyone's different. There's people that are very, you know, upbeat. Oh, my God. Yeah, let's, you know, all that kind of jazz. Then there's people who are very professional. Then there's people who are very friendly. There's people who are very authoritative, so demanding when they talk and very, um, you know, challenging when they talk. There's people that are very promotional. They sound like the salesman all the time. There's people that are very informative when they're always trying to talk. And um, there's also people that could be controversial in the meantime as well. So, you know, there's a lot of different ways your brand's voice could represent you, but we have to make sure your brand's voice stays true to you. If you are not an authoritative person, you should not have a brand voice that is very authoritative. If you are not a more, if you rather talk to somebody in a friendly way and not a professional way, then you shouldn't try to always have professional conversations because you're going to have a difficult time making sure you're staying on top of that because that's not who you are. Just like the people who post and talk online with this very fake, oh my God, let's all support each other kind of thing, but that's not who they are. They need to stay true to themselves on how they represent you know, their brand. And this is why those brands never make it. Those people never make it because they're doing everything the way they think it should be done. And it's definitely against uh, like the grindstone for them. And this is a huge way to connect with customers, right? If, if some people are very receptive of a very authoritative conversation with somebody, some people aren't. So this is a good way of, you know, making sure you're doing your best and keeping things to the point where you can connect with customers very well. I would say if I had to pick a few of my brand voices, I have definitely the ability to be professional, friendly, and informative. I don't talk in an authoritative way to people because that's not me. I'm not a very authoritative, demanding kind of dictator. Um, I'm more of a friendly but very professional, and then I can be very informative at the same way. And that's exactly how you'll go. You could go through my social media and see how I communicate on different posts because I have to match the voice to what I'm trying to get across because I want to be able to communicate with everybody. So uh, we have to, like, you know, just bouncing right off of that brand personality. We have to have um, personality because your client or customer is not looking for just another cookie cutter thing that they could get from somebody else and everybody else. They're looking for an experience tailored to their needs and backed by genuine personal interaction. And then we have to kind of see what's the personality of your brand. Are you personable, friendly, corporate, professional, spontaneous, high energy, carefully thinking, planning, modern or high tech, classic and traditional, cutting edge, established, fun, serious, accessible to all, or are you very exclusive? So it's very important to uh, match your brand personality to your personal voice and everything like that, because 
you have to make sure you're targeting in a unique way. Then you got to build your brand story and message. Uh, again, you're going to use your business voice here. And then part of your brand development goes beyond the, your logo and your tagline, right? It's got to be about who you are, what you offer, why should people care? And that's kind of how you can really communicate on this like human, authentic, direct, emotional level with your customers. Uh, so you have to use, use the language you should be understood immediately while striking an emotional chord. So you make it simple, clear, and be able to grab them in. Then creating a brand logo, very important. In my opinion, logos should be very simplistic, minimalistic, and just get the message straight across on what you offer, right? So um, when it comes to, for example, gifted performance, gifted performance, right away, you know, this is a company about performance. So definitely something that has to do with fitness. And then gifted is an adjective that could be, you know, um, defined in many different ways. But gifted performance right away you know that's a fitness company that's some sort of fitness help company right and then you just want to make sure that it has that recognition of what your brand's mission statement is and everything like that uh, so i think there are some things that you should be mindful of though when designing uh, logos and taglines um, logo size the placement color choices um, like hot pink probably isn't the best idea for something to be long lasting. Um, typography, the font, you want to make sure the font is able to just not look cool, but you want it to be able to be read. Um, any icons, if you use any icons in it, and also like photography, image style, and the different elements of your website. So we have to integrate our brand into every aspect. So your brand should be visible and reflected in everything that your customer can see, hear, and read, right? So if my customer works with me on diet and training, they should see all of those things that they see on my Instagram at the same time. So I'm trying to make sure that they're focused on a good, informative uh, you know, development of their plan and then when they go to see my social media posts, they see that I'm being informative. So everything that they are experiencing when it comes to crossing a path with me is consistent. And that is very important. You can't have things where you're doing things one way and then a different way. That's why finding your brand voice is super important. Because once that person becomes a client... They might have seen you on social media in this very upbeat, oh my God, yeah, everything kind of noise. And then once they sign up with you, they start talking to you and it's a completely different person. That's not a good taste. That's not how you are. That's not how you should be representing your brand because these things shouldn't change. They should all be the same. So next and last stay true to your brand building you have to be very very consistent so once you establish your brand voice you use it for every piece of content you create just like i talked about right now you want to document all your brand guidelines you create distribute them internally for reference so that you know if you have employees or if you have things everyone knows this is the kind of 
brand voice you're trying to create with everything you guys are doing. And that's something that's, you know, super, super important. And then like uh, the probably the last thing that you should focus on is your your brand's biggest advocate. You're no one knows this brand better than you do. So that's up to you to spread the word, ensure that you're a cultural fit. Align that with your mission, vision, and values of your brand. Uh, you know, it's very, very important. Um, if you have employees, encouraging them to develop their own personal brand that aligns with your company is a great brand building process because now everyone on the team has a very centralized uh, brand voice. And every time someone comes across somebody from a company like that, they have the constant, you know, the constant reminder of what that company is trying to represent, which I think is super important. So those were some of the biggest uh, tips, I guess I could say, on building a brand. Um, and I think uh, I think over the past couple of years, I've done a pretty strong job at that. So, you know, there's a lot of people out there that I know who are trying to figure out where to start and how to start and what they need to do. Um, and even people who are currently doing it and have been doing it for years and they're just stuck at a wall of how do I get more customers or how do I, you know, advance myself and how do I do things, you know, you might listen to this and go through some of these points and say, you know what, I, I don't do this. This is something I don't do um, and things like that. So definitely something to remind yourself of, go over, review, and just make sure you're staying consistent with it all. Because consistency is the key to making sure your brand's message gets uh, pushed across. You know, a lot of people don't want to be on social media all the time and uh, things like that. But I think in order for your brand to be successful, you have to be willing to do things um, that might be very monotonous, repetitive, um, you know, but you have to get your voice across. You have to be able to get your message across. So that's something that's super important. Um, and I see that as a big reason why a lot of people don't end up, you know, really uh, catapulting themselves forward because they're not a fan of social media, so they don't post a lot. Well, no one's going to know who you are um, at that point. And social media is king right now. YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. These are these are free things that you can use to get your brand's message across more. Uh, so that and then also the probably one of the things that I see a lot of people doing wrong is off the start, they're just charging an arm and a leg for their services and have no client profiles. They have no portfolio of, you know, transformations or results. And they're trying to charge a, a rate that's, you know, some established, well-established coaches and trainers charge. Um, and that's a good way to start uh, and not get anywhere with it. Um, you know, background about me when I started, I was coaching people for free for probably uh, almost a year until I decided to charge people $50 a month. Uh, and then at that point, obviously, through through collecting a clientele pro portfolio and learning more and getting my, you know, whole brand message across, because even when I had first started, I was posting scientific information posts, I was posting client transformations, I wasn't too big on training modalities and things like that yet, that was something I still needed to learn. So I didn't talk about it, because I needed to learn more about it before I could talk about it. And that's another thing that a lot of people have to start doing. 
Stop posting things and talking about things that you do not fully understand because you don't understand them. So stop. I digressed. I got angry. Um, but that's what I did. And that was something that even from the beginning, whoever, you know, if anyone's listening to this, that's, you know, been with me since the start or kind of seen me from the start. I'm still the same consistency with everything. It's information, client transformations, life motivational things. Um, and those are things about me as a person and my brand is something that I really want to get across all the time. And it's something that I've been consistent with over the last seven years. So that's something that's super important to be uh, mindful of. And don't charge a lot. You you, you got to pay your dues at this point. You know, no one's going to pay you $200 a month if you've never trained somebody, if you've never coached somebody, um, you know, so get a portfolio, coach some people for free or coach some people for a really, really low $25 a month rate. Get them to commit so that you can start building your portfolio because I think that is probably one of the best ways to really get your portfolio made and built up so that you can start charging more and you can get more clients. Uh, that's something that's very, very important. Uh, but with that, thank you guys for listening. Please share to anybody that you know that's trying to become a coach, a trainer, whatever it is. Um, I've done a pretty solid job at both personal training and um, obviously coaching online. So if you guys have any questions or want to reach out about this kind of stuff, let me know. I'm an open book. Everyone knows that. You can ask me a question whenever you want. I'll get back to you as fast as I can. Uh, but thank you guys. So please like, subscribe, share, comment, five stars, all that stuff. Um, I really appreciate it. And I'm having fun doing all these. I will catch you guys on the next one. Thanks.